welcome to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm back from hiding out after not going too well in the last few weeks, Pistol. Um, I'd rather actually talk about someone who has gone well in the past few weeks. How are you, mate? Look, this was this, the round that I was dreading for the last couple of weeks, and I'm happy enough with how it went. I mean, my, my players seem to all uh, score average, but I, I didn't seem to move down. Just with an 1851 this week and using three trades, I guess, to try and preserve rank, um, I only fell to 219th. So that's not too bad. I think I'm still a chance, uh, JB, to, to take your title of last year and finish greater than 164th. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. The only downside, I guess, to my week as a whole was um, I'd planned my trades, which were Bonson Pelly, short, shorting him down to JPK to free up cash to get in close to Brayshaw and do Baz to Toby Green. But Shuey went down and when he got injured, I was like, crap, I need to save some money in the bank to upgrade him. So instead of getting Toby Green, I went even further down to Jack Martin. And he started well, but just wasn't good, JB. I've lost 30 points and ended up potentially not making a difference in which players I could get either um, because a lot of the players in that price range had huge games and have priced me out anyway. So just bad feels all around um, on that one. But either way, I'm not going to hop on about it. Let's, I'll, I'll just go straight into the Cancer Council, JB, so we can get right into the, uh, go for it. the podcast. Um, so first up, we have... Matty Bain says he didn't put the emergency on Schoenberg and then the Crows get a win and he scores 83. So that's a donating for dumb things. Appreciate your donation. Sorry about the Schoenberg. Um, Seeker says, went to contemplate Gaff one last time before the end of the Adelaide Hawthorne match because I couldn't decide between him and JPK only to find out that Schoenberg and Scholl are not on my field with no emergency on them. I blame Supercoach for reverting to my round 14 setup. So screw this early game. Compressed footy feasts. Teams not named the day before. Six teams having buys in round 15. COVID-19. Um, inappropriate name of a year. I might might have 18 on field if I am lucky. That's a, that's a good vent. And uh, very unfortunate circumstance. Fortunately, <laughs> Gaff and JPK went well. So it doesn't really matter which one he got. Um, there was some positivity to that story. Um, next up, we got Christine... I pronounce, uh, I'm sorry for your last name pronunciation. Is it uh, Luzu? Luzau? Um, it says, Goldie to gone this week, which is great. But wait for it. Draper already locked on field. <laughs> Fantastic. Grundy spends the week on the bench. Best dumb move ever. Wow. That is pretty funny. Um, wait, I how'd mean, that look- work? So did Draper score close to Grundy? Because I don't know Grundy only got a low ton. Nah, Draper. Draper was terrible, I think. Um, oh. But at least the Gorn move went through. Imagine if the Gorn was stuck on the bench. Probably so, just about broke even there. That's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's a generous donate for dumb things. It's still a dumb thing, but it's not It's not super dumb. So I appreciate the donation there. Um, we've got a Benny Buzzboy donation. Again, he says, Bet Maz Eagles would beat S and Dunn. Thought 20 plus West Coast to get it done. Oh, it's a rhyme, I get this. We missed by a goal. That's okay on the whole because the catch-up will be turning one on. Um, and then he's Benny Buzzboy's donated again. He says, got caught up in Slack chat and bet Perth would be 
would get the grand final. There once was a premier from <laughs> Perth whose stadium was the best on earth. He acted the deal when talking to Gil, so here's 50 for what it's worth. These are great. Wow. I'm enjoying these. Um, and another donation from Benny. But Benny, Benny, you're single-handedly going to cure cancer with these donations. <laughs> the, really the, ri- the rhymes them. are good as well. They're really good. Uh, he says... Damiano was over the moon. His blues won't be getting the spoon. And then Doc got a ton, and Benny got done. Who's those scores? He was get. Where are those scores he was getting in June? So that relates to the bet that we were laughing about two weeks ago. Cheese and I were giggling because Damiano bet Benny on if Doherty every game. I think it was that Doherty scores under ninety six. Damiano would donate, and every game over ninety six, Benny would donate. He hadn't scored over ninety six for like. 12 weeks when Benny made that bet and we were like what is Damiano doing and Doherty's turned up and got huge in the last two weeks and Benny's had to donate both times so pretty I hilarious I think Benny would have some of the worst Cancer Council betting donations <laughs> of all of Slack he's he's in there a lot I mean he probably does make the most amount of bets also so I suppose the volume is there but we, we see your name too often Benny you got to start winning a couple mate I, I will point out that I did get contacted um, by the Cancer Council and they said that they read the comments as well because they find them really entertaining. So... (laughs) so, Benny's going to be famous. So I'm just letting you know, Benny, that it's not just us enjoying your work. The Cancer Council are having a giggle for your your, um, poems and all of your sayings that you've been posting with the Cancer Council. So hilarious. Anyway, let's get into some super coach talk, JB. Yeah, Tell shall us. we? Yeah, come on. Let's let's, let's go big. What, the talking points for this uh, podcast, lay them out on us. Okay, so we've, we've got a lot of podcast questions here from the Slack, but I'm going to start off with two um, decent-sized discussions. At the, well, at the very least, one decent-sized discussion that will probably answer a lot of the questions in there. Um, and that's Max Gorn. Uh, you referenced him earlier in the Donate for Dumb Things. Um, he scored 150 on his return game. Looks scary and is owned by not many, especially high-ranking coaches, probably a few ghost ships out there with him on their team as well. So he's going to be a big point of difference coming into the pointy end. Uh, we've got, is it three, two weeks left? What? Two three. Rounds left? <laughs> three rounds three. left. Three rounds left. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going so so quickly. Well, by the time this comes um, out, mine only be Yeah, two exactly. Rounds left. Yeah, sure. That's that's yeah, that's what I meant. Um okay, so we've got three rounds left. He's gonna go big the last few rounds you'd expect. Um I don't think he's gonna get a rest. You might have different thoughts there, but how far are we going to get this man in our team? Because in my personal opinion, I'll, I'll just start off here, Pistol. He could be the sole difference between you ranking well or not well in these last few weeks because I, I genuinely, I think he's going to be the biggest point of difference factor of any player in the game um, for these last three weeks. So, as I, as I put my hands up last week and saying I'd, I'd gotten my um, opinion on Max Gorn wrong because he, he looked fine um, straight back and I thought he'd be carrying a niggle, he then becomes a player that's essentially almost essential uh, for the last three games but I'd put an asterisk next to that because obviously it's still important completing your team and getting all those rookies off field but a a second asterisk next to that because I don't think it's super important to finish your F6 um, if you have Riccardi there um, because 
I'm going to, I guess I'll talk about this as a whole, but if you already have Whitfield and you have Petrarca and you probably have um, Brayshaw and Greenwood, the next lot of forward options are not particularly sexy. And that that just shows that like the difference between them and a Riccardi is not going to be many points. So if you can spend that money and instead upgrade um, a Ruckman to Gorn, we could be talking 30, 40 points per game. Um, there plus he's a captaincy option and at the moment it looks like all the wheels have fallen off all of the captaincy options um, I got my worst captaincy score for the for the season this round JB which was 113 from Neil um, I, oh my, I, at least you didn't captain him the, the game before that he played that's that's when I had my captaincy on him <laughs> no nice little 77 there <laughs> yeah no that's that that was poor but yeah the being able to get those 140 plus captaincy scores is just so valuable um, and I think that he can obviously provide that for the rest of the year they've got a good rucking run um, for the rest of the season I thought he might be rested but looking at the fixtures and how teams have gone I don't think he's going to be rested anymore because these need to win the three games that they have left for a chance of making finals and all the games they have are winnable in fact they have Fremantle this week, GWS, which is essentially that's the team above them on the ladder. That that's almost like a mini finals match in itself. And the last the last game's a mini finals match as well. Yeah, Essendon, which is the team that's below them by two points, um, premiership points. So it they they're all must win games. So they GWS play St Kilda, I believe, in that last round too. as well. Yeah. So yeah. So it's like it's all big. It's huge. It, it's mini finals every week for the the last <laughs> two weeks. Um, I think there's no way he's going to be rested, and not just that. In game, I, they can't afford to rest him either because they need to win. Um, so he's somebody that's super high on my get in list, and as long as I've finished my backline and finished my my midfield, uh, he's the the option um, to get in for me uh, this week. Okay, let let's not understate this. So, of all the players in the game right now. I would not want to be fielding a rookie in defense or midfield. Um, but besides that, we're talking a super point of difference that if you come up against someone with him and you're without him in the, the finals, in the Supercoach finals, if you play for league, or if you imagine X amount of people ranked above you or below you have Max Gorn, this is pivotal to, to everything that you do because having pretty much teams from now on are going to be separated into Gorn and no Gorn. And the Gorn owners are going to do better, pretty, pretty much. Without, without. I mean, I'm trying to simplify it, but I'm also trying to sort of explain how important it is. Now, like I said, I wouldn't sacrifice a premium spot in your defense or midfield, like you said as well. But besides that, Gorn is probably the most important trading option that we have um, for the rest of the season. And uh, that's not understating it. So how high are we putting this move on our to-do list. So um, would you trade, if you had Nick Nat and Grundy this week, Grundy coming into a buy, would you trade Grundy or would you trade Nick Nat? I mean, I know Nick Nat's sort of had a semi-in-game rest the last couple of weeks, but he is a potential rest risk in the last three weeks. I, I don't personally think it'll happen, but um, it's obviously there considering his injury history. Grundy's a guaranteed zero um, coming up, so it's a tough one. Can I do. throw can I throw Goldie and Draper into that question as well? Like if I had well, I, I Grundy think if you've got Draper, I think yeah. if you, if you've got Draper, then you absolutely you just do whatever you can to get Draper up. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, I will yeah. say a uh, shout out to the, I think it's called Super Coach Dada um, Twitter page who who tweeted that 34% of the top 500 have gone from last week. Um, so it's on, that number's only going to go up. So if you're not part, they'll, they'll that be. That should 50, double this week with those big teams. It might. It legitimately might. So. Yeah, you're going to end up being on the outer if you're not a Gorn owner. So in terms of even rank protection, um, so it doesn't really matter how he goes, but the teams around you are probably going to be making the same or similar move. Um, yep. So there's less, I guess, downside in trading him in then as well um, if everyone's, I guess, suffering the same fate. Um, to answer your specific question, though, I think I would be moving Goldie or Nick Nat to Gorn over Grundy, even though Grundy has a buy this week. And that's because I think a lot of teams this week will probably have minimum 18 premiums. Probably, I mean, I've got 21 premiums playing this week. Um, I, I know that's probably not the norm, um, but... That would that would be high-end, but it also wouldn't be abnormal amongst the best teams. Yeah, so I, I think that... Yes, obviously, we saw what happens with premiums last week where my entire forward line can score you know, 70 and below, essentially. Um, and that, that might happen. But Nick Nat scored in the 60s. And I think coming off a four-day break and a four-day break, you know, he scored in the 60s. And there's another short break. And if he does play this round, I would be expecting Nick Nat to have a really small time on ground as well and probably also score between 60 and 80. And that He scored is, 72, by the way. Yeah, I mean, look... These scores, I would hope, if you've got more than 18 premiums, it ends up being a score that's in you know your bottom end range, and it might not even count in your best 18, in which case I would be ditching him to... But Grundy Gorn. hasn't been on fire lately either. He's had no. some putrid scores in the last month. Well, his putrid scores are still 100 flat. Like, he's not... He's not scoring fifties like Goldstein scored fifty-eight, for example. Um, Grundy doesn't. Grundy doesn't do that. I think he had one score in the eighties, and everything else is just a low. Yeah, his last three have been eighty-five, one twenty-seven, one hundred four. Yeah, and he's obviously got the buy, so he's got a guaranteed zero coming up. Then he plays Gold Coast, which um, I couldn't tell you how well they are at negating opposition ruckmen. But then he plays Port Adelaide, who did pretty well against Gorn earlier in the season as well. So I'm not I'm not sure which of those two games he potentially has a, a 120 130 plus ceiling. Uh, I, I mean he might have that in every game. Don't get me wrong. He's he's obviously an amazing player, but he just hasn't looked the same in the last month. Whereas Nick now I feel like has that ceiling going to almost every game as he showed Collingwood and held Grundy to a 61 earlier in the season. And he also has good fixtures in round 17 and 18. He has um, St Kilda who give up a lot of ruck points. And North Melbourne, which against Goldie, um, who's been he's been losing ruck battles lately. So, um, yeah, I mean, not really conceding massive points, but he's been he definitely has been losing a lot of ruck battles lately. Um, for me, I, I feel still like the safety of Grundy. I, I would just take the two low tons in round 17, 18, calling it a day, calling it a day. I can see Nick Knapp being able to have a higher ceiling than Grundy, but also a lower floor. And I do think that there is some chance of a rest depending on how the final goes um the final couple of matches go for west coast you know if they're in a situation where their position like at the moment they're fifth and um they can't drop to sixth because they're six points ahead of collingwood they want top four though they want top four but if you know geelong or richmond or brisbane or port drop a cup drop 
two of the three games, um, West Coast could potentially be locked in the top four, um, depending on what happens with the rest of the game. So just keep an eye on the situation. I mean, I don't think it's likely he gets a rest uh, outside of this week. If there was any week, it would be this one. But um, yeah, I I think it's not a non-zero chance as well, which scares me a little bit. Um, But Goldstein, I think, is cooked at the moment. Even after being refreshed from the bye, North Melbourne have nothing to play for. In fact, it's better if they lose um, so that they can, you know, I guess get a better draft pick but I I don't see there being any reason especially when they've got like Cherry and um, I guess they've been playing Door on the Ruck and um, some of their other big men you know getting some games into them and some um, Ruck time I, I don't see there being much upside for Goldstein he hasn't been knocking out big scores he's been coming off a wing at times and just genuinely not scoring particularly well so I think what's best case for Goldie like best case is 100 flat that's, oh, I mean, look, he still yeah. he still does have a ceiling. His best case is still 120. I wouldn't be... If I said to you, you know, he had a flat period in the last few rounds, but he ended up going 120 for the, the final three, I don't think anyone would be shocked, especially if you look at his early season stats, but that is his upside. <laughs> no, no, that that's his upside, though. His upside's yeah. still 120, but I will say um, my expectations are extremely tempered on him. Um, a one twenty would surprise. Like, it, in terms of everything considered, a one twenty would be out of the blocks for him. Um, whereas if he scored one hundred and five, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And if he scored eighty five, um, it might even surprise me less than one twenty. So I think Goldstein's a no brainer to get out if you've got him and Grundy. Um, even with the extra game in hand, the the one where I I find the discussion a little bit more interesting is Nick Nat versus Grundy because. I just prefer the higher variance of Nick Nat considering we've only got one more best 22 round um, left in the game uh, outside of the best 18, which is the next uh, two. Best and 18 then, is just the next one. And then it's the full teams ahead for round 17 and 18. Oh, so we have more full team rounds. Two, two full mean, team rounds. There's only okay, three okay. rounds left. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, I've said there's two rounds left, and now I've said there's two buy rounds left, and I've clearly got my finger still on the on the pulse here, everyone. Um, but I still like the high variance of Nick Nat. Um, I know Grundy is a safer option, but coming into Supercoach Finals, I, I'm personally, um, especially if I finished, you know, in the bottom half of the eight and perhaps I look at the sides ahead of me and they're a little bit better off than mine. Um, I prefer the high variance, but it might be more team dependent than what we know, Pistol. You, people might want to just take that flyer on Nick Nat, whereas others might look at the, the teams below them and think that the security is definitely more suited to their team. In terms of ranking, I would probably go for the security as well. So um, I do completely understand that. I'm not ruling out Grundy in any way whatsoever. So um, right. I just don't think Nick Nat's the, the easy choice to just flip if if your team's, you know, a little bit below those above you. But anyway. I can, um, I can respect it. I don't think it's clear card. I'm, I'm glad we have we sit different sides of the fence on this one. Um, I, I was going to say the only other, I guess, discussion is if you really can't afford Draper to go on, because that is a lot of cash to make up. Yeah. It, I think I'm just going to not even ask the question. I'm just going to make a statement, JB. I think the only <laughs> other Ruckman to consider now, given, you know, Nick Nat's price is probably too high uh, to get him. I think... Uh, Riley O'Brien has a really good ruck run. He has GWS, then Carlton and Richmond. You know, he scored 181 against Richmond last year, um, and he's got them still to play, and we know Carlton's rucks are not uh, their strong point. Um, 
I think if you needed to upgrade Draper, it's probably Riley O'Brien if you can't afford Gorn. Out of curiosity, if you're doing decently elsewhere in your team, um, would you consider shorting a player as you did with Bonson and Pelly last week um, on their buyer like Dustin Martin perhaps to a like a Toby Green this week? I'm not sure how much money that even nets you, but just as an example, um, to help get that money for a Draper to Gorn move, or is it just not not worth it? Um, do you think Do you think Riley O'Brien's going to get within a Yelp of him? I don't really, realistically, no. Um, it just depends how what you could do with that extra trade. If you've already got full premium and this is your last move, then I, I don't mind that. But if you need that extra trade to help you get to full premium, then I I wouldn't do it. So very team dependent. Um, but I, I definitely don't mind, depending on which players. I said last week it made more sense um, to short somebody. There were so many teams on the buys. It made more sense to short somebody. This week makes less sense because a lot of people already have 18 premiums. But, yeah, it depends on which of the player. I, Dusty's still got a good run home. I mean, as I was just saying, they play Adelaide in round 18. That's a scary matchup if you don't own Dusty. I'm terrified of that week. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, so... Yeah, I, I mean, I would probably... To get Gorn, you also get a captaincy option, um, which we did speak about very early on, and he's the only player right now. Him and probably Jake Lloyd are the only two players I expect to go 130-plus each, each game for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, I, I would I say Lockheed Neal flag as well. a little bit. I want to fly the flag a little bit for Clayton Oliver. I feel like he's definitely on that short list of capable players. Yeah, he does probably face the DeBoer tag um, in round 17, so... I can't say he's going to get 130 guaranteed um, every game, but he's certainly somebody that you could put the VC on in the other two matches outside of that one, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, does that, does that, that was a big discussion. Much yeah, yeah, it was a 20-minute discussion on Max Gorn. I just want to, I want to finish off, and I know I've, I've been pretty stirred on this so far, so I don't, I don't know if there could possibly be a miscommunication here, but I just think that having Gorn is going to be the most stress-free time if you're already in a good position this season, whether it be leagues or ranking, in terms of at the very least, even if you have a bad week with some of your point of differences, if you've got Gorn, your rank should be safe for the remaining three weeks, and it gives you so much more upside to improve. So uh, in terms of important players for the entirety of the season to have traded into your team, this could be the biggest player that will face. Would you trade for him and leave zero trades in the bank for round 17 and 18? Like, would you blow all your trades this week to get gone? Personally, I would, yeah, absolutely. That I mean, that that might be a player thing. I don't know if people are more... I mean, I know you're not more interested in keeping trades than that, but um, <laughs> I usually am pretty pretty relaxed with my trades. I, 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 try to, I try to keep some there for the end of the season, but it's that type of season where I kind of just want Gorn in my side. If I had no cover on any line, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't do it, but um, given minimal cover, like maybe you've got Wicks and Rivers and, I don't know, Mosquito on your on your lines, then yeah, I'd probably go for it. I'd roll the dice. Yeah, I was going to say... He, he's extremely important. Th- those rookies are scoring okay, so I feel like just for two rounds you might be able to get some good cover if there's a premium that misses a week. Obviously, if you get two premiums in one line, that's going to just kill you regardless, I guess, if you had trades or not. Yeah, um, yeah. 
But if you have Riccardi in your forward line and then your midfield, you've got um, Wicks or Schoenberg and in your back line, you've got Rivers or something, like you're, you're fine. I, I wouldn't stress too much about about that. Um, JB, we're gonna, I want to go through some podcast questions. Um, I guess there's one more talking point, but it's a question that is very related to Matt W. Um, he asks... Um, is there a, a he has a hundred five hundred and eighteen k to spend for a mid or a forward? Uh, I'm going to tie this into Shuey replacement options. Um, if you have Luke Shuey and you have five hundred eighteen k to spare, do you who who's at your top of your buy list? To buy list, not not the buy. <laughs> From five hundred eighteen k down, so we can get a forward or a midfielder. Yeah, maybe let's just um, separate it into. Midfielders for now, because um, that's more shoey okay. related, and we can touch on some forward sure. options. I mean, you might later. need to work on how you phrase your questions, but that, that's yeah, okay. The, you're right. Sorry, mate. Um. You know what, Matt W. You should you replace you you write it better, and then I'll speak about it better too. Okay, so it's what's Matt's <laughs> fault. Blame, blame, blame Matt. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, call me crazy. Okay, you're crazy. Okay, I needed to hear that before I mentioned it, but Tom. Maybe Rocky. you should have phrased your question better. No, I wanted you to call me crazy. That was right. a statement. Okay, fair enough. Um, yep. Yeah, Tom, Tom Rockliffe looks pretty juicy to me. He's yep. 509k. He's got a three round of 105. I, I challenge people to hit me up if they traded him in. I did it with very short notice, so I didn't get many bites. But he has gone... He's actually gone five of his last six games over 100, with two of them at 126+. plus. I just think he's got a decent high floor at the moment playing in that port midfield North Melbourne Essendon and Collingwood to come um, he could get at least two 110 plus scores out of that I would like I've got Shuey and I have 510k and I'm like this is fake oh <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> that couldn't be more I, Rockliffe is for me easily a better option than I mean look McCluggage and Shield they've got a higher upside but they've got I mean, McCluglish has good fi- fixtures, but I feel like you never quite know what you're going to get with him. Um, Shields got terrible fixtures, uh, Geelong, Port Adelaide, Melbourne, and he does have higher upside. But Rockliffe has put out Shield really has good scores. Four scores, seventy six or below this year. Four, yeah, two in the fifties. Shields but, just he's he makes way up too with these down. massive scores. Uh, Rockliffe, I feel like Rockliffe's good for one hundred and ten. Uh, from here on out, which is which is kind for his price, for a little Absolutely. bit more, you can, see that you, happening. you can get Tuk Miller, who's got ten of his fourteen scores above one hundred and two. So Tuk Miller's like super solid as well. If you can just stretch to him, um, I, I would really. What about Parker? Like that. Parker didn't have a great round last week, but yeah. he did bounce back this week with one two seven against Melbourne, who are honestly one of the worst defensive teams in regards to midfielders in, in the competition. He's got Carlton, Brisbane, Geelong. Is that just a little bit too difficult to run home? It, it just it just isn't enticing, I think. I think he's a good player, but I see players that have similar capabilities with an easier fixture, and I just think, why wouldn't I just take the play yeah. with the easier fixture? So for me, yeah, I, I would lean to other options. But he's certainly a good option. If you only had that amount of money and you can't afford Rockliffe, then... Totally, you know, go f- go for him. Um, we love Rockliffe too much, I think. Ah, oh man, the things I w- would do for Rockliffe. Anyway, so <laughs> should we look at some forwards as well? Yeah, so I've got I've got some forward options. I mean, essentially, that's every forward besides the big 
um, you know, Hawkins, Whitfield, Petrarca, Brayshaw, Dusty. So I, I think Greenwood has just been super consistent um, the whole year. He'll get you those low tons um, in the remaining yep. three matches. And uh, Lukosius is kind of that higher risk, high reward player. Where Lukosius is amazing value. Listen to these scores since round nine. He's got 84, 96, 80, 135, 132, and then 85. And their run home, it's it's not brilliant. Brisbane, Collingwood, Hawthorne. But he's taking their kickouts. I feel like he's got a really high floor at the moment. Um, I don't know what's changed from his, his earlier season troubles, but he hasn't scored below 84 in, like I said, six rounds now. So um, I, I really do like that as an option. I think, And his upside of 130 plus, I think it's huge. Hugh, I think Greenwood's kind of lost that as the season's gone along. Yeah. Um, he might be better coming off the bye uh, with a bit of rest, but... Um, as, in terms of high upside, Lukosius could be the pick of the forward bunch. Certainly. And Darcy Parrish, we've spoken about him before. We we thought he'd move out of the midfield, but with that McGrath injury, I think Parrish is the logical player to just slot back into the, the Essendon midfield. And yes, he's got a bad run, as we mentioned with Shield, but he's still that player that's going to score 90 minimum if he's playing in the midfield anyway. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see the 130s, but if he scores between 90 and 120 for the last three rounds of the year, I think he's certainly a good option for your forward line. Um, he's only 480k, and you know Chizo uh, may have selected Brayshaw over him last week and might regret it given oh, what's happened no. in hindsight. But um, Parrish is certainly boy as well. He he said he was going to take him. Yeah, I may have convinced him to get Brayshaw over Parrish, and oh, I didn't know McGrath no. would get injured. <laughs> Oh, Didn't know Brescia oh, would have his worst score since like round four. Jeez, you, know, you have every right to be upset. He's pretty upset at me at the moment. Um, that's why he's not on the podcast, but no. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah, um, we actually haven't heard from him since. <laughs> yeah, no, he's dis- disappeared. Please contact I, us. <laughs> I spoke about him heavily last week. Uh, Toby Green, he has just got a good run and he he's a little bit of a bully. Him against Adelaide this week. If Kelly does miss this week, I'm scared of how high... Green could Green score. Green will get 160. I'm pretty <laughs> confident of that. <laughs> Look, it's possible. Um, 105, I think he's he's also really cheap. He's 439k. I don't think there's a cheaper player that I like more than him um, in the forward line here. I mean, there's players with bigger upside, like Charlie Dixon if he kicks absolute bags, but you know, it's likely not going to have the same, I guess, consistency as or floor as Toby Green. Um, given he can put out like 40s as well. I think, lastly, the cheapest player that's okay-ish, um, I've sold him, haven't I, JB? Uh, that would be <laughs> Blake Akers. I mean, he's 364k. Basically, his best game ever last week, 129 points. Looked unreal on the wing. Bewley probably still out this round, so I wouldn't expect much of a role change for him. I, I think... Reason it's reasonable he'll go 85 plus in the last three games, maybe 90 plus. Um, I spoke to Pep from our Slack about him, and he seems relatively confident as well that um, that will be his scoring range. And at 364k, it's it's really cheap um, if you need to finish off somebody um, in your team, and just in 0.3 percent of teams as well. So I like Acres yeah. a lot. He has that super coach scoring pedigree where he did it really well at the Saints when he was on a wing or in the middle. Um, and did it really poorly at the Saints when he was played up forward, which is obviously hence his forward eligibility this season. If he's got a wing locked down for the rest of the season, I think 85 
um, is a pretty good, I don't want to say floor because I, I think that's overrating him a little bit. He, he still would have a lower floor of, you know, maybe averaging 75 to 80 if um, things didn't click well for him. But I really do see him and, and picture him going 85 plus for the remainder of the season. I don't think that's a big call at all. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to, I think that pretty much summarizes it. The only... I want to I rapid fire some questions for you um, just from the, the Slack. Okay, I was just going to touch on one last player. He's a midfielder, not a, not a forward, so, but it's not going to come up any other way, so I'm just going to bring up in terms of value picks. Um, Jack Redden is 370k, and obviously oh, Chewy is what? out, and Yo is out, so he's he's going oh to get God. the center bounce attendances. I'm not expecting high scores from Jack Redden, not like JPK where I <laughs> actively expect 95, 100. Jack Redden... He could score in the 70s, but you know he's a player in the past that's put out consistent tons. And I think for the last three rounds of the season, we're probably expecting scores from him um, that could be 80-plus, and potentially even if he peppers 90 for the last three rounds at 370K, um, you know, it's cheap enough that it's not a, a horrendous pick. Yeah, I hate that with a passion. So I know. We're going to move on you to... Would. <laughs> We're going to go through some quick podcast questions. I just want to rapid fire just so we keep the podcast nice and low so people can listen uh, before the game tonight. Um, so Nathan Scott asks, he's needing a sub 450k defender to end the season. Um, asks about Scrimshaw um, being a fair shout with Sicily out. Um, or are there better options? Lord, I hope there are better options. What do you think, Pistol? Um I think Scrimshaw is a fine option. Um, I think there's a better, a better option, um, and that's Liam Duggan. Um, he's 427k for West Coast. Four out of his last five games, he's had nice tons um, with a 51 in between to keep his price really low. Hopefully that continues for the rest of the year. He's definitely getting more midfield minutes with uh, all these injuries, and there's another injury, so he's going to get a little bit more mid-time. And so he's a player, I think... Um, if you need to pick somebody under 450k, I would be taking a flyer on, on Liam Duggan. What about, and hear me out here, Brody Smith? <laughs> I'm the one that usually says Brody <laughs> Smith, and you vomit at me. His last four games have been 105, 84, 85, 104. So um, that's, that's including a couple of games, a couple of tough games Collingwood Bulldogs and Geelong in those four scores. He has GWS, Carlton, and Richmond to come. Um, he could average 95-plus from here on out, can't he? Uh, I think that would be pushing the friendship. I think he, he's he's one of the players that he will score 80-plus. So, like, if you're worried about Duggan putting out a 51 in your finals and losing you a match, that's very possible. I feel like Brody Smith is might not get tagged this week. <laughs> I don't think he'll get tagged from DeBoer. <laughs> he might actually get tagged to 10 points this week. Um but if he's not, he should be putting out minimum eighty plus, and you know, be a fine pick for your for your final defender slot. And is cheap, but yeah, he's he's right up there with Doug and, and Scrimshaw. I guess those are the three players in that price bracket I'd look at. Okay, I'm going to keep rapid firing. So Coombe wants to know: Is Matt Crouch the real deal? He's 590k. He's put out a few brilliant scores. He's just gone up 50k. So if you got him last week. Uh, well done to you after the 162. Um, I just read out their draw there. Do you think he's worth a um, a flyer on? He's not quite cheap enough to be low risk at the moment. Yeah, so 
we wrote about him and Jared Lyons in like rounds 11 or round 12 in our doctor's daily no what was it what's our doctor's orders article for the Herald oh, no, Sun yeah. and uh, you're, you're shamelessly plugging us yeah no it's um great great article we're well on top of it him and Lyons' <laughs> POD picks have just been insane but I just I like Matt Crouch and Lyons is essentially the same price do you feel like Lyons is just a better pick at essentially the same price no I I, really? I actually prefer Crouch yeah um, it, as long as Crouch doesn't get dropped again from that side he should just be a seagull magnet ridiculous player and, and he's just better for super coach like Brisbane have enough players that if they're all firing I can understand Lions not scoring quite as well for a week um, not to say it will happen I know he's a, a brilliant player yeah he just Crouch, doesn't score badly I mean he did a couple of weeks ago but yeah, um, so did Crouch <laughs> well don't I'm not saying he doesn't score badly <laughs> Um, I just think Crouch will be consistently above the 105 mark, at least. Fair enough. Uh, one and five. I mean, you're, when you're paying that price, you're buying somebody... I at, said at least. Okay. You, I, I want one of them to go 120 for the last three rounds. Do I want that to be Matt Crouch? Or do yeah, I want that... That's uh, Crouch. Look, uh, Jared Lyons has Gold Coast Swans Carlton. I just... His scores this year... Again, I feel like I'm talking about him every single week on the podcast. From round seven, he's gone in particular. I mean, even the whole season, one score below 88. Only three I don't scores. Think he's bad. Three scores below uh, 114. I just think Crouch is slightly better. I mean, I could, Crouch has gone 133, 133, 162 uh, in his last three. I don't know why I read it in the weird order there. It's 162, 133, 133. Um, and then, you know, 100, 112, 100. So it's kind of that lower those lower tons, but Lions has just gone 138, 57, 126, 138, 121, 115, 147. They're like big tons. He's just like slamming those big points down. It has really easy three rounds. Um, they're both in no teams. I just feel more confident in Lions, and there's every chance Matt Crouch gets a DeBoer tag this week as well. So, All right, I, next rapid fire. Yeah, I would be going with the safety and, and picking Lions from a better club and better fixtures. What about Jared? Jelly versus Lions? Is asked by a guy. Oh. oh. So if Jelly is back this week against Adelaide, yep. he could double ton. Yep. This is the game <laughs> that he could double ton. But outside of this game, I like Lions over Jelly. So if Jelly's out this week, the Lions. <laughs> Even maybe about... like. Oh, it's, oh, it's tough. Yeah, probably Jelly's about... upside. <laughs> Toby Green versus Jai Simpkin for the last. Three rounds to finish to- a full Toby line. Green. Yeah, I agree. Crows, Melbourne, St. Kilda, whereas uh, Jai has Port, Frio, and Eagles. Yeah. I, I just prefer Toby Green. So do I. So I better go, go with that higher upside there. I mean, Jai's not putting out 120s anymore. It's only getting like 90s. <laughs> um, I, I just read another question. Is it worth, this is from Blue Bagger, is it worth using my last two trades for League this week seeing as I only played JB? No. You don't need to waste the trades if you're playing JB in no, League only. Honestly, honestly, Blue, you don't need to waste the trades. My team is shot to bits. There's a reason I didn't go through my score from the week and my rank at the moment at the start of the podcast. I mean, it you come 4K, it dude. It's not that bad. It's free-falling. I dropped 900 <laughs> spots this week. That's really not that bad. 
I traded in Cornelio because I missed the lockout and couldn't get JPK. Look, some people have work. to work at 4.40 p.m. It's really unfair to have a match that Save your trades, that Blue. You've got me covered, mate. Trust me. Um, <laughs> lastly, uh, okay. All right. They're, they're pretty much all Gorn related. So could you just quickly summarize one last time as to your thoughts on Max Gorn and then we're going to wrap up. Um, get Max Gorn in your side except if you are going to have to sacrifice your last premium defender slot or premium midfielder slot then get those so you get the rookies off the field assuming you don't have Draper at R2 um, otherwise you can sacrifice your forward uh, six spot assuming that you've got the Whitfield Petrarca uh, combination I'm forgetting somebody but whatever you've listened to the podcast you've probably already heard it um, so and, and assuming you have Riccardi at that F6 because he can you know make up those points. So then get gone. Um, otherwise, it's okay to blow an extra trade to get gone if you need to. Um, I think the risk there's only three rounds for the rest of the season and one is the best 18. So it's minimal risk. You know if there was still another four rounds, I wouldn't want to have no trades. But I'd feel more comfortable having no trades given there's not long left. And even better if you do have cover. If you have no cover, I would actually consider holding a trade. Um, that could be problematic. And yeah, Gorn's good. Captain him. Oh, yeah, we're going to do captains this week, JB. Oh, yeah. Um, Gorn. <laughs> you, put I'm personally... you put a lot of effort into that thought. I, I don't have Gorn and can't get Gorn, which is contradictory to everything I've said so far on the podcast. But trust me when I say if I get Gorn, I will be way, way, way worse off than if I just don't this week. Um, but considering I'm, I'm a non-Gorn owner, I'll speak on behalf of them and you can speak on behalf of the Gorn owners. So I'm going Clayton Oliver into Josh Kelly this week. Um, and considering those are kind of somewhat PODs as well, I might have to go through a couple more options. I think Lockie Neal against Gold Coast is still extremely solid for at least a 115-plus. Um, so throw a VC on, on someone else that's in form, I suppose. Jack Steele is another really good one that I'm looking at this week. So there are a few options, um, but I think VC, someone with a high upside into Lockie Neal, is good for those without uh, Max Gorn. I mean, Tom Mitchell's still putting out 120s, which is fine yeah, um, he's good against as well. Saints. And I think lastly, uh, Jake Lloyd. Oh, actually, wait, sorry. Sorry, can I just quickly... Um, Saints have actually done well in neutralizing. I'd rather, they do. I'd rather, much rather Jack Steele in that game. Um, Jake Lloyd, his last seven scores have been 143, yeah. 141, he's, 127. He's the most obvious option. 137, 133, 126, 157. Like, he's got a low of 126 in his last seven matches. That's insane. I mean, if you really want pure safety, you'd be going like going into Lloyd or something, um, just yep. like safe as absolute houses. Um, I think if you do have Gorn, I'd be putting the VC on him rather than a VC on somebody earlier in the rounds. And that's just because Gorn's upside outside of Kelly is unrivaled, um, I think, for this week. So I would be wanting to try and take advantage of that. Put the So Gorn sla- into Lloyd slash Neil is yeah. definitely the play for those with him. I, I don't mind Neil as an option. He still had 27 touches and like he just started really slowly and um, that kind of affected his score. I think uh, in another world, his game probably nets him 140 points again. So I, I think a lot of people are going to be too scared um, to take him because he's had two lower scores in a row. But really, going into Neil, I think, is still considered safe. And I, I'm 
probably going to go Gorn into Lloyd, but I'll probably be taking Gorn score if I'm not jinxing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so good options this week, which Lots is good, good for a change. Um, all right, well, that will wrap us up. Um, try and get this out ASAP so we can listen a few hours before the football starts and get our heads in check. Um, thanks for joining me, Pistol. It was great having you on as always, mate. And good luck to everyone for the round. And good luck to whichever team wins tonight. They might go on to win the premiership. All right, thanks, community. <laughs>